And by the way, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and we'll be giving out flowers at the end, Trish, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be back up in exactly 30 minutes. Put the timer up. <laughs> we'll see how close we are to the timer. Yeah. I, I, I got the message, uh, Bob, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you, went, you went back and you asked Rhonda, is Pastor sick? <laughs> and she says, no, why? He says, well, he finished five minutes early. <laughs> oh, ten minutes early, okay. It was really early, you know. It was almost one of those monumental things that you circle on the calendar, you know. <laughs> That's just, just a little, little joke there. But um, today, to the, the message today is uh, working out. So we have people in the back of their come and they're going to lift weights and show you how to do exercises for the whole half hour. Oh, I guess they forgot to come. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> whenever we think of working out, you know, we think of uh, exercise. But the scripture says to us, work out your salvation. Oh, okay. Well, let's just focus on working out here. <laughs> you know, um, this is a little joke that I tell, that uh, I bought somebody a membership at the gym, and, and I never lost a pound. <laughs> they went and worked out, and I never lost a pound. What's wrong with that thought? Well, we sometimes in our faith, we say, well, Jesus died on the cross, and he died for our sins, but I don't feel forgiven. <laughs> you see, we've got to, you know, if working out is going to be profitable for us, we need to be involved in it. And there's no way we can receive the benefit of walking or exercise or any of those things unless we're involved in it. You know, watching people walk by every day doesn't help us one bit. <laughs> we're still the same couch potato that we were before they walked by. So it's important that we need to um, focus on how that we are involved in our faith. And being coming to church, being part of Sunday school, uh, studying the word, reading the scriptures, even if we don't understand it, you know, like going for a walk every day for five minutes or 15 minutes. Well, I don't understand how this is going to help. <laughs> Okay, but the involvement and the doing has an effect upon us. So just as much as going for a walk for 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day has an impact on us, even if we don't understand it, it still has a benefit to our, our cardiovascular, our muscles and everything else. Well, the same thing is going to church. Coming to church, why well, I don't understand all the stuff, and the preacher uses this, and he talks about that, and there's just these stories of people of long ago. Well, those stories are part of our working out, bringing strength to our spirit and strength to our heart that is greater than the understanding that we have up here. <laughs> because generally, we understand things within the scope of our experiences. We understand, we have an understanding of things based upon what we have experienced. So we begin, especially when we're younger, we think of everything within the confines of our own experience. That's the reality where we live. You try and explain to a three-year-old that they shouldn't go play in the street. 
<laughs> they've crossed the street before. They've never, they've never been hit by a car. They don't understand fear. They don't understand what could happen, so we try and keep them off the street. That's our, that's our goal. And whenever we come to church, <laughs> we, our goal is to come and hear the word. You hear the word, our faith increases. You know, I, for some of you not, have not heard this, when I was a, when I was a child, I, I had a, a drug problem. You didn't know that? I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, <laughs> drugged to church on Sunday night, drugged to church on Wednesday night. I was in church all the time. That was drug to church, a drug problem. So, but anyhow, <laughs> whenever we start thinking about how that our involvement, you know, just as exercise doesn't do you any good unless you do it, so our faith and our understanding of God's word become part of what we do, and it's kind of like our exercise. Now, whenever I um, did the worked with the heart disease reversal group at the hospital, they would. Uh, people who were wanting to reverse their heart disease, part of what they did was exercise. And they exercised 180 minutes a week. So that was the optimum amount of exercise for a person to do to reverse their heart disease. Now, there were other things they had to do, diet, uh, exercise, relaxation, and group. But the exercise part was 180 minutes a week. So what they determined was that a person who did 180 minutes a week, that the people who were marathon runners who exercised more than 180 minutes a week, that there was no significant benefit in reversing or keeping a person from heart disease after 180 minutes. So that became the optimum point for which people were aiming at. Now, and one more thing about exercise. You could tell I'm very, I know a lot about it, <laughs> but don't do a lot with it. Um, the optimum part about exercise is if you are going to exercise for 30 minutes, okay, you start out knowing that you can keep that pace for 30 minutes. You don't start out real fast and then quit after five because you're tired. That does you no good. And so you want to do something that you can do for 30 minutes. So if that means that you walk... That, this, this pace for 30 minutes, then that's what you do. Because you can complete that. Now, whenever the Bible talks about us completing our faith, completing our course, that we are to walk our walk with God, knowing that there is an end, and God is going to take us, bring us to that end point. The scripture we have is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And Paul says this to the church at Philippi. So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. Hmm. Continue to work out your salvation with awe-inspired fear and trembling. Now, it's hard for us to grasp, I think sometimes, that we are to work out our salvation knowing on the other hand, that our salvation is free. That God died on the cross, and for us to be forgiven, 
we have to ask Christ to forgive us, live within our hearts, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we know that faith is part of a free gift from God. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. That is, make God love us enough to forgive us. We can't do that because he already loves us enough to forgive us. We just need to be receptive of it. So what does this work out thing have to do with salvation? What does this work out thing have to do with getting into heaven? You know, I speak with people many times and they say, well, I think I've done enough good to counterbalance the bad that I've done so that I can, God will let me into heaven. And that's not how it works. Um, so we are saved from our sins. We are redeemed, meaning that we, were, we are sinful, our human nature sinful. Well, God died so that we would be forgiven of our sins and that our sins would never be remembered against us again. Now, some people say, well, I've never killed anybody. I've never, you know, I've never robbed a bank. I'm not that bad. Well, we find that salvation is we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned in some way or another, in thought, word, or deed. The idea is that we need forgiveness. And forgiveness is a free gift from God to us. But once we have been forgiven, there's something else we need to do. Oh, we need to work out our salvation. Well, there's a word called sanctification. It's a big word meaning separation from God, separation from evil, closeness to God. And that there is a refining process in our own lives where we are becoming naturally, spiritually becoming better in the sense that we have renewed our mind, that we think differently than we did before. See, you have to actively think. <laughs> you can't stop your mind from thinking. You may think you don't think, but you do think. And if you think you don't think, you're not thinking correctly. <laughs> don't ask me to repeat that, because I don't know what I was just thinking when I said that. So, thinking. Now, thinking, what are your thoughts? Do you think good of yourself or bad of yourself? What is your self-image? There's a book, remember years ago, with shame-based thinking. Shame-based thinking is I'm basically no good and I can never be any good and no matter how good I try to be, it's not going to be good enough. <laughs> and so there's this deplorable way of thinking that continues to destroy us. Well, whenever we look at what God's thoughts are, we want to think what God is thinking about us. Okay? So if I am going to change working out my own self, working out the salvation that I have, I am going to change the way I think. And I'm going to arrange my thoughts, try to arrange my thoughts, the way that God is thinking of me. Because he loves me. He does not desire for me to be hurt or kicked out or destroyed, or to go to hell, or to lose out in life. These are not God's thoughts. So as we understand what God's thoughts are, we are to continue to force, read, put those things in our head and our minds to cancel out the negative. You see, if you, all right, if you retire, <laughs> I retired. But anyhow, if, if you stop something, you have to replace it with something. You just don't have a void. 
like in your head. You know, I'm not gonna have a, I'm not gonna think negative thoughts. Don't think of pink elephants, okay? I'm not gonna think of pink elephants. Pink elephants do not exist, and pink elephants are pink, and they have trunks and a body and ears that are pink and legs that are pink. How many have thought of a pink elephant? <laughs> Why? Because I'm not gonna think of a pink elephant. I'm not gonna think bad thoughts. Duh. You still do. So I'm going to think good thoughts. I am forgiven. I am loved. I can do this. Well, I did it once and I failed. That's not the question. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ. I'm not going to be a brain surgeon, but I can prepare to be who I am today and live the life that God has placed in front of me. So whenever we are working out your salvation, when you make Jesus Lord of your life, immediately some, some things change. I'm forgiven. I have a new life. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Everything becomes new. But <laughs> there are things that you need to work out over time. People may have addictions or sicknesses that you have been instantaneously freed from. But you may have wrong attitudes, <laughs> wrong concepts, wrong perceptions of your own life and the lives of others and of our world and of the people around us and the things we're in of school and of church and, you know, neighbors and people. You have wrong concepts. Well, what's going to change that? You have to change the way you look at things. You have to change the way you look at things. Now, if you never change the way you look at things, things will never change. Now, some people enjoy certain things and some people don't enjoy certain things. That's your personality. But there are things that we have to change. There are things that we have to look at. And so if we have an addiction, if we have a sickness, we need to recognize that God is Lord of all and that we ask him to be Lord over those things and to help us deal with those things. If you don't deal with it, it doesn't go away. If you don't wash your face, the dirt on your face doesn't go away. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> if you don't get your hair cut, your hair grows, <laughs> for most of you. Uh, <laughs> but we have, to, we have to, it's a process, things we have to do. There are things that we have to do. If you don't eat, you will die. If you don't drink, you will die. So these are things that you have to participate in in order to live. Well, you see, we, we are allowing the word of God to be in your mind and your heart, having a correct thinking. Jesus, the scripture says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What do you think Jesus was thinking about? What do you think he thought about? Well, if you take the gifts of the spirit and the fruits of the spirit, which are Say the fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering, forbearance. And we mentioned in Sunday school, these are fruit that grow on our trees that other people get to pick. <laughs> when people pick the fruit of our trees and they bite into it and they find a half a worm, they don't like your fruit. <laughs> it's wormy. It's pitted. It doesn't taste good. Well, we need to change the fruit, what's going into it, what's going into the fruit. It isn't the fruit that's bad, it's what's coming from the, the sap. 
in the tree that needs to be changed. So, so put the word, the word of God in your heart, correct thinking. So what is the mind of Christ? We just spoke about that. So don't repay evil with evil. You know, don't try and get even with people. Doesn't mean we have to go sit with them. <laughs> but we do, you know, it doesn't mean we have to. It means we can, we can avoid them. But we pray that God would take care of them. You know, people who have willfully and intentionally tried to hurt us, we need to say, God, I don't like them. <laughs> I pray for them. You take care of them. Help me to take care of what I have to do and deal with this in a healing way. So, so this is a process of change. It's a process of change. If you don't think there's a process, um, get out some baby pictures of you. Do <laughs> you, you remember when you looked like this? No. <laughs> what happened? You have changed. How did you change? Well, it happened over, you didn't wake up one day and suddenly find out you're 30 years old. You went through a whole process. Well, we are involved in a process of change. And it's a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. We are in a process. We go through Monday through Friday, end up with Saturday. It's a process. Well, I was thinking of today being Mother's Day. Um, you know, mothers, when, if you're a mother, you had a child. <laughs> and that you just didn't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm pregnant. You know, I'm going to have a baby today. You know, it was a process. There was nine months involved in the whole process. And it just doesn't happen overnight. Right, ladies? All right, so there was a process involved. Well, Mary, in the scriptures, it says that Mary, she didn't understand everything that was going on. The angel, she was a, she was a very devoted, devoted woman to God. She had to be been very, very special because she was the one chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. But in, um, it says that, and the angel replied, and Mary says, you know, she's getting, the angel says you're going to have a child, and Mary says, how can this be? So she doesn't understand all the things that's going on. And says so the angels replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the holy child shall be called the Son of God. And listen, even your relative uh, Elizabeth has also conceived in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. So, there was a receptivity that Mary had about what the angel had to say. The power of God, the word of God, is going to overshadow you. Now, in our life, we don't understand all the things that have happened and all the things that have happened and all the bad things and all this stuff, but there is the word of God, the scriptures that we read. They have an influence on our life, and the word of God overshadows. The word of God overshadows our life it's like um god loves you well i don't feel loved i don't think he loves me look at all the bad no god loves you so the word of god overshadows all of those things it it, it encompasses all those things that we don't understand and mary says how can this be and then she says 
I am the servant. Be it unto me, be it done to me according to your word. So she is saying to the angel, let the word that you have given to me be done in my life. In our life, we have to say the same thing. I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee, so that when we're sick, we have to allow what the word says to overshadow our sickness. Whenever the Bible says, you can do all things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the word of God has to overshadow the areas that we feel weak in. When we feel that nothing is going right in our life and nothing will ever go right because we weren't born to the right family, we weren't born at the right time, we weren't, we have to let the word of God overshadow us and overshadow the circumstance. Can you imagine being born in a third world country and the poverty there and, you have, they, and you're going there as a missionary and you're trying to let them know that the God loves them and the word of God has to overshadow all of the experiences that they've gone through and the poverty that they live in. I mean, this is, you know, for us, they think anybody who lives in America has got it made. And we in America sometimes feel that, you know, we don't have it made. Look at this person. Look at that person. And, you know, we need to go back to I am your servant, Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. <laughs> also, when after Jesus was born and the angels came and, you know, the angels came and made the announcements to the shepherds, and, but Mary treasured all these things, giving careful thought to them and pondering them in her heart. Now, can you imagine, Mary, that after the age of 12, and they can't find Jesus, and he's in the temple, between the age of 12 and 30, Mary has this knowledge that her son was of a divine origin, but he's not doing anything but being a carpenter in a carpenter shop. Did you ever think that she didn't understand what was going on with her son? He's divine. I know he's divine. The angel, you know, said this, and I conceived by, by the Holy Spirit, and he is of divine origin, and he won't get out of the house. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure in the next three years, she was praying, God, I wish he was back in the house. But you see, she, didn't, she pondered these things. She kept them in her heart, but she didn't understand. And in our own life, we, it isn't for us to understand. It's for us to trust. And our trust is that we need to allow the influence of the Holy Spirit to influence our thoughts. Now, it doesn't begin in our head. It begins in our heart. Okay? We need to believe that he is the Christ, the Savior, the one who saves us from our sins. But it is that new beginning, a new creation that washes away our sins and helps us deal with our addictions and wrong behaviors and gives to us a new heart, a new concept, a new way of thinking. And we need to change and allow the Holy Spirit to help us change. If it were, if it were purely up to us, then all we need to do is read a bunch of books on good, on thinking and all this other stuff and change who we are. But it doesn't begin in our head, it begins in our heart. And God, by the Holy Spirit, helps us to understand these things. So, it's a process of change. 
It involves working out. <laughs> you know, just as working out involves actions and activity, okay, so does changing our heart and mind. We are saved, we're changed, but we also need to exercise ourselves in the word. I can do all things through Christ. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I need to repeat it. I need to understand it. I need to allow the Holy Spirit to make it real in my heart. I need to keep saying it. I need to keep doing it. How many times, you see, if you pick up a weight, <laughs> when I was in college, when I was young, I could bench almost 350 pounds. That was twice what I weighed. All right? I picked up a 1,200-pound cow, and I'm not lying. <laughs> now you say, how did he do that? I didn't, no, I backed underneath it. No wonder I have a bad back. I backed underneath it and picked it up, had all four legs off the ground. I was pretty strong. My college friends were totally impressed. I was, I was the strongest kid in high school. I was probably the strong, one of the strongest guys in their college campus per weight and stuff. But that came from picking up bales of hay. We baled 20 to 25,000 bales of hay the, the, the summers, and I picked up at least half of them twice, <laughs> throwing on the wagon and throwing them off the wagon into the hay mile. So I didn't become capable of lifting all of that weight without a lot of lifting. <laughs> I unloaded a whole tractor trailer load of, of um, fertilizer bags, 80-pound bags, a whole tractor trailer load of them by myself. Now you figure out that. <laughs> How much, how much weight is on a tractor trailer and that you can pick it up, carry it over, and put it down and then go and take it off of there and put it, stack it somewhere in the, in, the, in, the, in the shed. Okay, that's how I became physically strong. Well, you can't become physically strong looking at the weights. You can't become spiritually strong by just looking at the Bible and its cover. Well, I don't understand it. That is not the point. Go to the part you do understand. Go to the Gospel of John and read it. You know, you've got to work out. You've got to do these things. If you don't do them, nothing changes. Well, you see, there is a process of change, and that's because God is doing both a work in you and a work with you. God is doing a work in you and with you. God is doing a work in us and with us because you can't go anywhere without you. <laughs> so we are allowing God by the Holy Spirit to do a work with us as we are interacting with other people, as we are going about our daily lives working with people, friends, family, people who don't like us. You're involved with them. Why? Because you know they don't like you. <laughs> You have friends because you know you are involved with them. God is working with you. So we have to be part of this whole process. 
If you think you can, you know, you lay down on the couch and you're going to become, you know, the strong man to go to the Olympics, you've got another story coming. If you lay down on the couch and think you're going to run the next mile or two, you've got another story coming. It's not going to happen. If you lay down on the couch and say, okay, God, do your thing, I'm here. Why didn't he do something? <laughs> He's going to do something with you as you read, study, meditate. Well, there's a whole bunch of other things I have here. Um, see here. Um, I was going to use, I have all these stories about Peter. And, and Peter, you know, he went to the Mount of Transfiguration on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was there in divine appearance. Jesus was changed before his eyes, and right before them was Moses and Elijah. And what was Peter's first thing? Let's build a tent. Well, Peter, you need to understand the guy you're following is divine. He doesn't need a tent. <laughs> okay? So next time, Jesus is walking on water, and Peter says, I want to go there. Let me get out of the boat. Jesus says, come. Well, one of the things that they, Jesus was letting them know, I'm the, I am the Lord of everything. I'm divine in the first one. In this one, I'm over the wind and the waves and the seas, and none of them can have, um, are out of my realm and out of my touch. But Peter wants to walk on the water with Jesus. I will do this. Jesus says, come. Peter says, at the, at the, uh, when it's time for Jesus is going to be crucified, and Jesus said, all of you are going to betray me. Peter says, I'll never betray you. I'll die for you. And Jesus said, tonight you're going to die me, deny me three times. You see, Peter, he had to be changed. There were things about Peter that, <laughs> that needed to be changed so that he could become the person who would lead the church. There are things about us that need to be changed. And because we run into experiences that help us understand and we feel like we failed, in reality, we haven't failed. We've become changed so that God can use us in what's yet to come. Remember, God is at work in you to give you the power to work with you in understanding your salvation and what it means to be a follower of Christ. First, in, the, in our text says, So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasms, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. That is, to cultivate it, to bring it to a full effect, to actively pursue spiritual maturity. That's what this is all about. That we, were, we are to cultivate our faith. We are to bring it to its full effect. What does it mean to have the full effect of belief in God? It can mean to walk on water. It can mean to see God in his glory. It can mean whenever the things are really down, we don't deny Jesus. <laughs> That's cultivating our faith. Bringing it to its full effect that there are miracles that God has in our life yet to come, and he wants us to be prepared so that we can believe for them to come into our life. So all of this, 
is part of our understanding and our working out, <laughs> cultivating our faith and believing that God can do a work in us. Amen? Well, today is Mother's Day. And I always call it Mother's Day and Ladies' Day. So whether you're a mother or a young lady or an old lady, <laughs> we don't have any of those. Um, will you get, get downstairs and Tabby and tell them to come forward? Um, but let's close in prayer about our message. And the message is to work out your salvation meaning that you are involved with Jesus. Jesus is your personal trainer. And he uses the word of God in us, the word made flesh. He uses the scriptures as an outline of our workout. <laughs> okay? So our personal trainer is Jesus. And our workout is to pray, to read the scriptures, doesn't necessarily mean you have to understand everything, but you have to trust. Just as Mary, be it unto me according to your word. God is going to work this out. I don't understand God, but I believe you will work this out to my good. See, it overshadows. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers. God, we know that you have done great things in our life and the lives of those around us. And Lord, we're believing that you will continue to do them in and through us. So help us, O oh Lord, as we go through our exercising of our faith, the believing that you have goodness in store for us. You have miracles that are yet to come into our life. You have a future prepared for us and for our lives that we are actively participating in. God, we thank you for this. We believe that you will bring it to pass. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if all of our ladies will stand up, and young women, all the women of the church, young, young and older, will come, come forward. What's that, dear? We have Gerber daisies, and to prove that, we left the little tag in there. <laughs> So come on, what's that? A little tag in there. It tells you where to plant them, how to plant them. And do we have enough of them? I think so. Absolutely we have enough. And I just want to say that if they're not in bloom, the lady was very careful. She looked for ones that had hidden little... There's lots of blooms inside, okay? So it's a blooming flower. It's not a blooming flower that you get at that restaurant, which is an uh, onion. It's a blooming onion. <laughs> this is a blooming flower for all the ladies. So, again, it's just our way of thanking mothers for not killing your children. <laughs> that was always the prayer. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. You know? so, <laughs> so... But we're grateful for each of the ladies and uh, mothers and young, young ladies that God will bless you and that God will honor your life and these are gifts from the church to you. And we pray that um, you can go and plant them and where you, whenever you see them bloom, you'll remember to remember the church and remember the gifts.
that God has given to you and which are many and they continue to bloom. Yeah, if we don't work out, we lose the strength. What you don't use, you lose. <laughs> so, yeah, we allow the Word of God to be our anchor in our path. So, ladies, I pray God's blessing upon you. I pray God's favor to be upon your life and that whatever your hand finds to do, you do it with excellence of the Holy Spirit and the excellence of His power and strength in your life. I pray God's blessing upon you and that upon what you do and what you say will have great influence and great benefit to bless others and to bring God's word to other people's lives and his divine favor upon your life. Amen?